Hey, everybody. Welcome to Prey vs. Predator. Today's episode is called The Importance of Story. And I have this saying that I like to drop into conversations from time to time. Uh, the saying is, story is the currency of changed lives. And usually when, when I say that, people write it down because they're like, oh, it's very impressive. And I have no idea who said that first. It wasn't me, but I definitely hold on to it like it's my own personal mantra. Um, I'm a, a bit of a personal story about me. I'm just finishing my master's degree right now. And so much of research, so much of data is really a collection of story. And it's so neat to consider data as story. It's so neat to consider research as story. And it is so neat to consider story as both data and research. So on your own journey, I really want you guys to hold tight to your story because that's where you're going to see the growth. That's where you're going to see what's actually going on. I don't think any of us possess anything more powerful or private than our stories. And telling our stories can come at a cost. I remember sitting in front of my computer screen at work, needing to disclose something to my congregation. I was uh, I was working at a church at the time, and it required a great deal of vulnerability. And I, I was so vulnerable because really I could not control what people said or thought about me once they read my update. A former manager told me that I should see myself as a model, but how could I model when my life was in shambles? And by the way, if your manager ever tells you to conduct yourself as a model, run for the hills because um, being a model, it's just built on lies. It's just building on optics and, and, and there's, there's very little reality there. Um, our patron saint of vulnerability, Brene Brown, tells us that our stories are not meant for everyone. Hearing them is a privilege, and we should ask ourselves before we share, who has earned the right to hear my story? How do we leverage that when circumstances need us to share more than what we're comfortable with or ready to disclose? Um, my story that that I just told you a couple minutes ago, I, I, I needed to disclose something to the congregation that I was not ready to disclose, and I felt like I was being forced into it. And I will never forget just sitting at my in my office in front of my computer, and how can I say something so deeply vulnerable, so deeply personal, but yet protect my kids, but yet protect me? protect my heart. It can be very damaging to be pushed into doing something or saying something too soon. So my very first tip is to trust your gut on this. If you know that you're going to go into um, a situation where people are going to be asking you questions about your story or asking you to share your story, how do you prepare for that? And the first thing I want to tell you guys is to write it out. Write it out beforehand. If it doesn't feel good, don't say it. Change the wording. You are the author of what you say. Now, I also need to talk a little bit about gossip because we can't control what people say about our story. 
And that's, it is not fun to be out of control when it has to do with your story. There may be assumptions by others, but ultimately, no one knows your story like you do. I, I had a professor uh, tell me many, many years ago, they were talking about gossip and assumptions by others. And they said, think of it actually is pornography for the soul. People who gossip, they, they're they pretending that they have a relationship or or a sense of intimacy with you that they don't have. It's their issue. It's not your issue. I, I heard somebody else say that gossip is to women what pornography is to men. And I don't know if that's entirely true, but so much of... Um, us wanting to know about uh, different celebrities' issues or stories, uh, like why do we have entertainment tonight? It's because we want to feel connected with others. We want to feel connected to people that we don't actually have relationship with. And that's something that can be so damaging and that can be so hurtful. If you're out there listening and you're afraid to tell your story because there's going to be gossip, yeah. Like, let's just acknowledge that. That is something that is very scary. Um, okay, I'm I'm doing all the talking here. Amber, PJ, do you want to jump in? Do you have any thoughts? Being scared to tell your story because of gossip. Um, I I know that that's I've I've seen that in other people, and yeah. certainly I've experienced that. Where speaking my story is going to come at a cost. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and you don't know. You really don't know what that cost is going to be. Yeah. And that's, that's frightening. Yeah, it is. It is. Amber, do you want to, do you have any thoughts? Uh, it's one of those things that I tend to avoid. I, I, the gossip is one of those things that maybe we're all guilty of it, but I feel like, are we discussing something to get a hit from like right, that, that exactly. kind of fix or are we discussing it because we really are concerned about somebody. And often that is kind of the thing that sometimes when I know it's juicy and it, I get a hit from it, I check in with myself. I'm like, why am I talking about this? Mm -hmm. As far as like being a subject of gossip, maybe I, I don't know if I live in a community where my life is that scandalous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, maybe because I don't have like a big family and whatever. So I would love to hear your stories on this. I, I think it, it, it can be quite, um, well, it can be a wise thing to do to trust your gut. Because we, I know we've talked in, in previous episodes about uh, connecting with yourself and connecting with with like, what do I need here in this situation? If I second guess myself, my gut, I will sometimes uh, wish that I hadn't. I think the interesting thing, I'm just going to jump yeah. in if that's all right, yeah, yeah. is the gut thing sometimes is confusing. I find it confusing because when you think of gut, are you talking about your wants, your desires? Are you talking about your own instincts? Are you talking about that thing inside you? Like I said, am I, am I getting a hit from this gossip? Mm -hmm. So when you say trust your gut, what are you talking about when you say gut? So I think it's it's instinctual. Like, what are what are my needs? 
if I'm being placed into a situation where um, I'm going to have to tell my story or some people are going to ask for my story or uh, what if I'm questioned about my story? Check in with yourself. What am I comfortable sharing? Don't just open your mouth and and um, blab the first twelve things you know that come out. Really consider comfortable talking about. I, I would throw in there. Really consider the option you have to not tell your story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just thinking of an experience I had where where a woman came up to me in rapid fire. Um, did you did you do this? Did you have this? Uh, are, are you know would this happen? What about this? How about that? And the rapid fireness of the questions. And I tried to kind of answer them, but because I was trying to answer them, I, I sort of reflected back and thought, I really wish that I had had the wherewithal in the moment to say, Hey, you know what? Those those are actually things I'm not ready yet. Right. Right. And and especially with prey, like it it does not occur to me that I can say no. Yeah. It does not occur to me that I can say I'm not actually ready to talk about this yet. Because it feels a little bit rude or if if, it's so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've had that too, where I've gone into a work environment and people will question me about my position. So I was in a work environment where I was on call and people are like, well, why aren't you taking a full time? And, and, and it was so uh, close to my spirit. Spirit sounds so holy Um, because I was not taking a full time because I was pursuing something artistic and it felt a bit foolish to say, well, I'm actually this artist who's, you know, doing this to pay the bills, but I really want, I love being an artist and it's. Did it feel foolish or did it feel vulnerable? It felt vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also, I felt like I was always put on the defensive to explain my mm. life choices. And I was like, I, all of a sudden I had a realization, I'm like, I don't have to tell them anything if I don't want to. That's right. So I could just be like, this is a choice I've made because people will accept that. Right. Yeah. Maybe my predator won't. They'll just keep digging. But essentially, if they can't respect that I say, this is my choice and I really like it and this is what I'm doing because I have other options that I really enjoy as well, then they are somebody that haven't earned the right to hear my story. Right. Bingo. Sometimes people might think that they need to tell their story because it will put an end to things like perhaps an end to gossip or an end to speculation. And I want to frame it a little bit differently. When you're telling your story, especially if you're prey, um, it is it, it is not the end of anything. It is actually the beginning of something wonderful. It is the beginning of a new era of honesty with yourself. It can be the beginning of a new era of honesty with others that maybe you've never been able to do. Because I I know with me in my predatory situation, I hid so long and and I would make up stories to... um, to rationalize what was going on in my home and none of it was true it it was just these are the stories that I tell the people around me in order to keep going but when you're actually at a space when you can speak truth to the people around you who have earned the right to tell your story 
it is not the end. It it is a beginning, and, and it's really scary to to tell your story the first time. I I remember the 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 first time I talked about my story publicly. I was in a room full of about 150 women and all the women knew that something had happened to me, but I had never spoken about it. And we were on a weekend long retreat. And I thought, you know, a way that, that I, as a leader can, um, <laughs> model here, I am talking about modeling <laughs> model vulnerability is by opening the weekend with, very first thing is I told them my story. Hmm. Um, so vulnerable. Yeah, I was so vulnerable. Especially, mm. is it, this is a church thing? Yeah, it was a church thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, but you know, it was a weekend long women's retreat. It, it was like, it was actually perfect. And it was not the end of anything. Like, I was so afraid to tell it because I, I thought that once everyone knew, then I, I would be rejected. I would be shunned. Really, what it was, was it was the beginning of a wonderful period of, of, of honesty and vulnerability with, with all the people in the room. So, again, we can't have any expectations that everything is going to be great and everything is going to be rosy when we tell our story. But it can actually be the start of people seeing you in a completely different way than they have before, because we're actually portraying ourselves honestly. Um, oh, I have a great next point, but but uh, PJ and Amber, do you have anything to to insert? Honest as far as far as being honest, yeah, and, being and, honest yeah. with the people around you, because we we paint this picture, right? Yeah, and, and it's I not think, always accurate. I think that's true because. Often I know, even as a performer, it's like sometimes you fall into that idea of like, I have to perform this or I have to be this. It's a veneer that we put on ourselves and it's or the expectation. And one of the best notes I've ever gotten as a performer was you're you're at your best when you're a mess. Hmm. And I don't mean that for everybody. And I don't mean it like. And I, at first I was like offended because I was like, I'm not a mess. And I still don't like that. I, I don't like it as a noun, you're this. But I I think being messy is, is kind of beautiful mm. because it's not packaged to look a certain way. It's not presented in a beautiful way. It's the messiness is truthful. It's life. It's honest. This is how messy life is. And that's what we connect to as people who read material, the messiness of life, the messiness of story. It's messy, but it's honest. The authenticity of honesty, the messy. Yeah. So embrace that. Yeah. And whatever that means for you, for me, honesty means that yeah. being authentic and messy Yeah. and being okay that people go, Oh, that's not for me. Well, maybe it isn't for you. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. this, is this is my story. Yeah. This is my story. And they don't own your story. No. Only you do. How yeah. about you, PJ? Uh, uh, I think for me, I react to what you're saying in a, in a way. Um, I f one of the most painful processes or, or things that happened that came out of my life with a predator was I felt like the predator had stolen my right to tell my yeah. story. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because here, here, the predator had gone around and and he had told a story that was filled with lies, like just off the off the chart fabrications, twist twisting of things that happened, um, all this kind of stuff. So, um, and and because people had because he was really uh, prolific in his in his going around to the community and telling his story, then my story was robbed because as soon as I would open my mouth, it, and most of the time I chose not to, um, as if I was to open my mouth, it would be not believed. Right. And so, and so in that way, I couldn't tell my story. The only way I could tell my story is through other people who had not, their story hadn't been stolen Mm -hmm. because the predator hadn't lied about them, but they had seen everything that had happened Mm -hmm. and they had to tell my story to other people. And that was one of the most, um, and still is one of the most incredibly painful things that happened for me is having my story stolen or hijacked and having to have people stand in the gap for me. They had to tell my story because I was not to be believed in my story was a fabrication. Do you think that your predator told, uh, his story so quickly first. So like, do you, do you think that there was intent to oh, rob you? Of oh, your story? absolutely. Because yeah. it was incredibly laser focused. Everybody, all, all of the most influential people in the community, they were all told first people, people that I didn't, you know, when, when something big happens in your life, you don't run out and like you're sharing you don't just run out and share your story with everybody. Mm-hmm. You're still dealing, you're still living process, in that. Process, yeah. yeah. So in the meantime, while I was trying to figure out what that looked like, the predator was out there um, creating a narrative. Right. And the narrative was, I was a liar. Um, I was a, a terrible person. I was, I had done all these things. And so. And he changed the facts too. Oh, well, it was just, yeah. just, just a total, like full on fabrications. Um, he told people that I did to him what he did to me. Right. Um, he did this PVR technique, which we'll t- talk about at another point. Um, but he flipped the roles. So whenever somebody what you know, if you, if, if I say you're a liar and you say I'm a liar, well, who's going to believe either one of us? Mm-hmm. We're, we're both being called liars. Um, so anyways, th- that for me was the, was the most painful part is sort of being robbed of my story. And then, and then the, I don't know whether humiliation is the word, but it, that's the word that comes to mind. The humiliation of other people having to tell your story in order for your story to be believed. Hmm. Like, hmm. so, so that just, just seemed cruel. Humiliation and cruel. Those are the words that come to mind. Yeah. So not not of the pe- the people who told my story unbelievable i i still am indebted so mm-hmm. so deeply because they were there to give my story validation mm-hmm. but just the depth of pain that they were the ones who had to tell it because my voice was worthless yeah to the people i loved yeah it is interesting to me that predators are comfortable with using story 
Whereas prey. Mm-hmm. We almost fear it. Yes. Yeah. And we're I just, so careful. Interesting that predators are mm. very comfortable with wielding the story as a weapon mm-hmm. and prey struggle to tell the story because it feels ultimately vulnerable That's and right. messy yeah. and authentic. And, and, and like we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, PJ, what I remember about uh, the time that, that you were just talking about, I remember saying, I just want you to tell your story. And, and, and you just being, yes, but, but you know, my, my predator, he, he has such a, um, an upstanding position in the community and and don't want to do, like you had so much care around not wanting to harm your predator's reputation right right and and, and it just drove me nuts and the, but yet and and my children's reputation that's right that's right yeah, right? yeah, yeah like like enough. i would say those those were both motivators yeah mm-hmm. well before the, it ended you didn't tell your story as much because you didn't know you had a story to tell mm. I don't know. I'm just putting words. Do you think that you think you didn't have a story to tell? Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth and I don't want to do that. Did you think you had a story to tell? I didn't. I I didn't think of it in those terms, whether or not I had a story to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you want to tell? I wanted I wanted to feel understood and and not and not. I want I wanted to share what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I, this is the problem when you don't have a language for what's going on, yeah. then how do you share that? Yeah. So for me, I had to develop a language to, because it's so far out of whatever I was looking, I was trying to find words, which we've talked about before. And because these are not words that are used in 90% of humanity, these are just words that are true for about 10% of humanity. And yeah. so, unfortunately, I was in a situation with one of those 10% of humanity. So 90% of people had no idea what I was talking about. And the other 10% were, even if they understood, almost none of them had a language. But when we sort of grappled together, like, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, Amber, um, Angel, both of you were people who I don't know that any of us really had a language for this as we were trying to get our story out to each other. But you were both people that as I told my story to, you understood instinctively and then would almost finish sentences Mm -hmm. for me. And that helped me. Yes, yes, you get you, you, you get this. You get what I'm talking about. And so that helps you develop a language like, no, this is different. So, yeah. And maybe the predator is so comfortable telling their story that you start to believe you don't even have a story, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I think so. Or that, that my story is, is worthless. Yeah. yeah. Or it's boring. Or, the, or it's boring or it's not valid, yeah. invalid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, your story becomes very worthless because <laughs> nobody actually wants to hear. I, I was sharing with Amber the other day. With my, my experience, I was at a party and all this stuff had been happening. And, I, and unbeknownst to me, the predator had got to um, friends or or at that point, I guess, former friends. But I didn't know they were former right. friends. I was greeting them as friends. And I, whereas I was at like a retirement party. And one of the people that I thought I loved her and I thought she loved me. And she came up and she said, you know, I'm so sorry to hear or I just want to let you know that I am very sad about what has happened between you and your predator. And I said, well, you know, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's not always 
it's not always negative. And, and, and she didn't use the word predator. Just no, she didn't. She <laughs> didn't. She didn't. Your person. Your yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like in this relationship. Yeah. Um, and. And I and I was going to say to her, like, hey, don't feel too bad, because in, in my mind, I, I was so excited to be free of the abuse yeah. that it, this was not a negative. So I wanted to kind of share with her, like, hey, don't worry, like, like, I, I, I feel kind of like this is not a negative thing. And I probably got a word or two out like, well, you know, don't worry. She literally put her hand up in front of me and said, we are not talking about this. This is a party. And I, my story was shut down Mm. and I wasn't even going to tell my story. I was just going to say, Hey, don't worry about it. Like, like this is not all negative. I didn't want her to worry about me, (laughs) which is funny. Now she wasn't, not only was she not worried about me, but she essentially that hand meant you can just shut up right now. I know the truth and you and your story. I, I am not going to witness you speaking your story because it is worthless and I have no room for it. I am so angry. And and I you could have you could have stabbed me in the gut as had this person. Um I was such a shock. Yeah, because they had heard it from your predator and their story matters. Yeah, and therefore yeah. yours doesn't because right. yeah. I know the truth. Right. And you suck. Yeah. And you are not to be heard or listened to. And that was almost one of the most painful experiences. I'll tell one more yeah. um, because I think it's such a benign thing for most of us. But for me, again, it was this crushing, this crushing moment of no, your story is not welcome. Mm. And it was somebody who came and I, again, thought it was, I thought, thought I was seeing a friend. So I came and I hugged her. This is a totally different person. And I'd call her Susie. So I came and hugged Susie and hey, it's been so long. And Susie's like, gave me a hug and 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 I just felt great and went off on my merry way. And a little while later I got this text. And Susie's texting me, Hey, um, I want you to know that when I hugged you, I meant it. And I was like, I just sent a question mark back. <laughs> like, didn't think otherwise. What? <laughs> like, what? Like, and, and she said, I just want you to know that I'm aware that there are two sides to every story. And that is the last time I heard from her. Mm. She never asked me what my side of the story mm. was. She doesn't care. She wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me that she would not love me. It never occurred to me that her hug was real so for her it was i'm sure she thought she was saying something nice like i know i know you probably have something to say i just don't give a shit about hearing it Mm -hmm. and you know and i and i was being nice to you i I did hug you and and i meant to hug you because i think probably you know you have some side i just yeah don't want to hear it or it's not worth listening to (laughs) because i've heard his like so when you talk about the power of story i think the power of story and the agony of being robbed of it wow and also the story that you tell yourself yes like what that means as well like you could have interpreted that story as like yeah my story doesn't matter i need to shut up i need to keep it to myself or whatever um but that's what's beautiful. We need to tell these stories. Absolutely. And and I think that 
the one of the biggest gifts that we can give ourselves is the gift of honesty. When we feel that we're ready to tell our story, um, when I was going through the end of my relationship with with my predator, um, PJ said to me, you know, you have to come out of the closet too. And really what I think, PJ, what you meant by that was we're so good at hiding. We're so good at at painting this picture that everything is fine. But when we actually give ourselves the gift of honesty, the gift of of um, the the gift of owning our story and, and perhaps even sharing our story with those that that are close to us. I, I don't think there I don't think there's anything more powerful or more sacred than that. Uh, do you remember saying that to me? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And and you're right. It's very poetic. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So deep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and so has my story gotten easier to tell over the years? Um, yeah, I think I think it has be, because as the years go by, I have a greater perspective. Um, I, I see where I am. And I see my own health and I see, um, I still know what my, my predator's up to. And, and, and it's interesting, um, you know, to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. I want to share, I want to leave you with, uh, with a powerful quote by Jeff Brown, who is not related to Brene Brown. I don't think so anyway. Um, Jeff said, when you reach a stage where you can have a very dark and difficult experience without having to look on the bright side, then you know that you have made progress on your healing journey. Because one significant measure of our emotional health is our capacity to tolerate all of our experiences without having to jump to reactive reframes. You reach a stage when you can stretch to accommodate the truth of your lived experience. You have enough light inside to own the shadow and you have enough shadow inside to own the light. I love that quote. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. What, like, what a profound quote about honesty. When I can give myself that gift to say that things are not good and this is actually where I'm at. I don't have to say it to everybody. I can pick and choose my peeps. But what a gift. Oh, you know what? I want to tell you guys something else too. There's a philosopher, his name is Friedrich Beekner, and, and he actually he just died. Uh, he was he was just so so profound in my life. He said, it is absolutely crucial, therefore, to keep in constant touch with what's going on in your own life story and to pay close attention to what's going on in the stories of others' lives. If God is present anywhere, it's in those stories that God is present. Yeah, I need to read that again because it's so good. Okay. It is absolutely crucial, therefore, to keep in constant touch with what is going on in your own life story and to pay close attention to what is going on 
in the stories of others' lives. Sometimes I think that's all we have. That's all we have a story, right? Yeah. Um, if God is present anywhere, it's in those stories that God is present. Amen. Yep. So practically, what can we do to keep in constant touch with with our story? You know, some people um, journal. I'm not a, a big journaler, but um, I I have an app on my phone, and and sometimes I'll just jot things down as, as things come to me that that are story focused. Some people like to draw. Um, some people like to practice, uh, you know, gratitude before bed, but don't discount your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PJ Amber, anything else to add before we wrap things up? I liked what you said about in that quote about reframing, jumping to reframe it in a positive light, yeah. or even I would say in a negative light too, because I had my therapist say to me, um, I was talking about something and I was like really sad about it. And then I said, well, you know, other people have it better or not better. Sorry, worse. I shouldn't complain because, you know, some people have so much worse than this moment or this thing that I'm struggling with. And she just stopped me and she said, your story is valid even mm-hmm. without looking at all those this other people. This is your reality. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm allowed in this moment to be sad about this. It's not like I'm not hanging on and bitching and moaning and forever. I'm just in this moment being sad about something and I don't have to reframe it in that way. Mm-hmm. And I would argue it can be the opposite too, because I grew up with a predator who would reframe everything in the negative light. Mm. And I would say that that's true, too. You don't have to reframe something. Just let the story be. And if that's ambiguous, without an ending, okay. That is the story. Ambiguity, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me think of, um, you know, we're talking about depth, <laughs> being deep. Uh, I have a phrase that um, if my children have heard it once, they've heard it a million times, uh, let be what is. And I don't know who that's from. I'm sure it's not me. Yoda, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Kermit the Frog. Kermit, yeah. Somebody green. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, but let be what is. Yeah. So, so and, and, and by that, I think that's tapping into that idea of it doesn't have to be negative, negative negatively framed, and it doesn't have to be positively framed. Mm. It just let be what is. It was hard. It hurt. It was sad. I don't like it. I want it to stop. It doesn't feel good, etc. All those things. Thanks, guys. This was great. Thank, Thank you. you. So that's it for today. We want to encourage you to listen to our Bad Vegan series that's out right now. It actually has nothing to do with being vegan and everything to do with being in an emotionally abusive uh, prey-predator relationship. The show's a great way to see firsthand what predators can do to ruin your life, separate you from the people that you love, and make you look like the problem. Check us out on social media at Prey vs. Predator. We post regular tidbits and clips from our podcast to help support and empower our growing Prey community. We also have a YouTube channel where PJ does some deeper dives into prey and predator dynamics that we find in pop culture, such as movies, TV shows, or current events. 
Everything we do is intended to support and empower you, our listeners. So if you appreciate what we do and want to support us, consider leaving a rating and review and share this podcast with friends and family so it can get out to those who need it. You might also consider supporting us financially on Patreon. We have a number of perks available to people who give, and every little bit helps us to continue to create this content.